Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. All right, it's time to check in with our favorite reporter covering the Minnesota Vikings, Mr. Purple Lighter, Purple Insider <laughs> himself, Matthew Collar, fresh off of coming back from Buffalo, eating plenty of Buffalo wings, <clears throat> and he joins us on the uh, John Schuster Gold Banker Hotline. How you doing, Matthew? I am doing okay. How are you? I'm good, man. I am good. Um, feeling a lot better after what took place on Sunday. Like that was a, that was an amazing game. And I guess let, let's start there. Where did that game on Sunday rank for you in terms of all of the games that you have witnessed in person? Because you you were at the game. I, I mean, where does it rank? Well, it's either number one or number two. I can't decide. Uh, because the Minneapolis Miracle game, I was also in attendance for that. And, you know, the the Vikings blew a 17-point lead in that one. Uh, they were up 17 nothing. Drew Brees looked completely lost. It was like, just kind of get that one to the garage in the second half, and then Brees came out of nowhere and played the best quarterback I have ever seen in front of me in the second half to lead uh, the New Orleans Saints back in that game. And then, of course, the way that it ended, but it wasn't just the way that it ended. There were so many twists and turns to that game. There was a blocked punt. There was, you know, a fourth down conversion late in the game by Breeze. I mean, everything happened in that football game. Uh, so it kind of reminded me of that. But this one was definitely the craziest. I think that the Minneapolis Miracle game was probably the best played. Two phenomenal teams just throwing haymakers. This one, both teams really tried hard to blow it, and it was last team to blow it lost. And that was Buffalo throwing an interception at the end because, I mean, honestly, the Vikings tried to give it away with their defense on multiple occasions throughout that game, uh, just giving up long drives. And what did they have, 39 seconds? And Josh Allen was able to go all the way down the field <laughs> and tie the game at the very end. So it was like nobody wanted it. Neither team could even convert a QB sneak. Uh, so it was nuts. The atmosphere was crazy. The press box is sort of jammed in with the stands there so we were right behind the fans reacting to everything at one point it started snowing the wind was whipping i mean it was uh yeah it was a very 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 memorable atmosphere but um the one that certainly uh, as this team continues to bond together through these close game experiences uh they won't forget this one at all was there anything about the game for, forget about the outcome was is there anything about the game itself and the way that it played out that surprised you uh, I mean, there were definitely twists and turns of unexpected plays, uh, for sure. The the QB sneak thing still blows my mind. I mean, that's like a 90% play, 
and neither team could convert one. Uh, I'm still just, uh, you know, in disbelief that Josh Allen couldn't just take a snap and fall forward and end that football game. Um, you know, I guess the way that the way that Buffalo got nervous really surprised me. I mean, they're Buffalo. They've had as many sports travesties as Minnesota has. So, of course, like you could see how it could seep in. Uh, I wondered as they were blowing it numerous times if Buffalo is still haunted by that 13 seconds last year where Kansas City converted in 13 seconds and tied the game and ended up winning. Uh, it really makes, makes me think that that still kind of haunts them because every time they had a chance to end that game, they just got too nervous and then blew it. I mean, even they wouldn't even stick to the run where there were times there was like a third and one where if they get a first down, it's kind of over, mm-hmm. and they decide to throw and get sacked. It's like, why? I mean, they're, they're at the goal line, and Josh Allen throws the interception to Patrick Peterson trying to make a hero throw on third and 15, where if they run, kill some clock, and kick a field goal, it's almost over. And that really surprised me, and it sort of speaks to the idea that teams can be good or bad in the clutch for an individual team season after season, probably not. Um, but that team seemed to be very shook, uh, whereas the Vikings <clears throat> excuse me, seemed to believe the whole time that they could come back and win. Yeah, we're talking to Matthew Collar, Purple Insider here on the Lake Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. He's joining us on the John Schuster Cole Banker Hotline. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Matthew Collar. All right, so I talked to Clarence Hill Jr. earlier, um, who's been covering the, the Dallas Cowboys since 1997. He's an awesome follow on Twitter. Um, and you know, Dallas is that team that's always under the microscope. It's America's team. And like, I don't know if there's a team in sports, professional sports that is in the spotlight, the way that they are, not just because it's the Dallas Cowboys and all of that, but also Jerry Jones and ownership, all of that stuff. Right. Well, all of that aside, um, we know that when we look at the Vikings, the Vikings are a good team. Forget about just the record of them being eight and one and them coming off the, the big win against Buffalo, but how significant of a game is this for, I guess, the national audience to kind of continue to elevate the Minnesota Vikings? Because one of the things that I saw over the course of this past week, Matthew, in the reaction of the Buffalo victory that they had, is that I think a lot of people looked at Minnesota and they said, they didn't say that Minnesota's legit. I saw some people saying maybe they're legit, also seeing people saying that, and I don't know how they could come to say this, but like the Justin Jefferson catch wasn't lucky. It wasn't fluky. That was just a phenomenal play. And then lastly, because of the fumble that Josh Allen had, people kind of feeling like, okay, maybe the, the Vikings lucked out with that. So how do, you, how do you view the significance of this specific game in terms of continuing to elevate the Vikings? Yeah, well, I would say that when it comes to football, Somebody is saying everything all at once, right? Like, Agreed. I've had, I've had a lot of tweets and questions this week about why is no one giving the Vikings credit? Someone even asked Kevin O'Connell, why, why aren't people giving your team credit? I was like, who, though? Because I saw them ranked number one in a power ranking. Uh, I saw all of their people, Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, um, showing up on national TV shows and everything else. Cousins was on the Manning cast. Two weeks ago, like I think this team is getting it too. I, I, they're all over Instagram and and, and, and getting uh, you know a lot of praise and conversation about their great start. So I, I don't know. Like I think that 
there's more data-driven type of analysis in football than there's ever been across all platforms. And when you see a point differential that suggests they're more like a six-win team than an eight-win team, and you see that you know a stat like Football Outsiders DVOA has them as kind of a middling team uh, that's based more on you know kind of their yardage and how they perform throughout a game rather than things like turnovers and, and luck and late game stuff like that. Um, you understand that this team has shown some flaws throughout uh, the time that they've gotten here. The other, but you know, the point about that is the whole NFC has <laughs> show me an NFC team that has kind of, uh, other than maybe Philadelphia, that is just like top to bottom and, and, and that their stats match up with their records. Like this is just a very, very strange year. So I think that, um, that Buffalo game was definitely turning a corner, and now it's sort of like keep it going. From my perspective, though, there will be a game where they just lose. I mean, this just happens to every good team. Their lead is pretty significant. Their spot in the NFC is, is pretty good. Uh, it's really about the accumulation of the next four, five, six games that they're going to prove themselves, not over this one game, because if they lose this one and then they bounce right back, well, that's fine. Um, but if you lose and then play again on Thanksgiving and lose again, then all of a sudden you're looking around going, wait a minute, were we really as good? Um, because I think that a lot of the numbers sort of say that they're a good team, but not like an unbelievable team. Um, and maybe that starts to seep in a little bit if they were to lose two games in a row here in such a short period of time. Let me run this past you because we've, we've known that he's been pretty good. Pretty good. He's been more than pretty good, but... Uh, Pro Football Focus, a couple days ago, put out a tweet. The highest-graded offensive lineman this season, Christian Derisaw at 89.8. Um, that, that's, that's pretty darn good. That's, that's high praise. And I don't get caught up into everything that PFF puts out. I don't because I've seen them put out stuff, and I'm like, that's not what I watched, right? So, so I'm not saying that, that everything that they put out there is gold. But, man, he has been damn impressive. Just your thoughts on Christian Derrissaw, because I think of all the people on this team that have been playing like rock stars, he's probably the, the most undiscussed because he's an offensive lineman, clearly. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, those the offensive linemen, actually, it's one of the great things about PFF is that they shine a light on great offensive linemen. And when it comes to their grades, uh, it's, it is pretty much the gold standard for analyzing offensive line. Um, so I, I think you can take those seriously. And it certainly has always matched up with my eye test for covering Vikings games for their offensive linemen. There might be some other positions that are more difficult for them, like corner or linebacker, where coverage can be a little wonky of who gets the blame on a miscommunication or something. But offensive line, it's usually that dude versus another dude and who wins. And Christian Derrissaw has been doing all the winning. I mean, really, you go back to training camp, and he was battling Zadarius Smith day in and day out. And I, and I had a, a front row seat for that. It's like, this looks pretty darn good. And I sat down with him in training camp. And I was like, well, you know, what's, what's the deal here? Like, you look great. And he basically said, like, look, last year was a, was a mess for him because he came in, he had an injury, and then he had to kind of get thrown right into the fire against Carolina for his first start without any real training camp at all. And he managed it pretty well. But then this year he was able to spend the whole offseason preparing the whole training camp, working across from Zadarius Smith. And I think that his confidence just shot through the roof during the summer to see where he was at. Um, battling with a top pass rusher. He also talked to me about having learned how to watch film, how to prepare, how to 
you know, watch his opponents and, and get ready for the different types of pass rush moves and everything else. So I think that, you know, guys like that often in college rely so much on their physical ability and then get to the NFL and it's the difference maker, how well you prepare because physically he's as impressive as anyone in the league short of Trent Williams. Right. And, uh, you know, I think that when you pair that with somebody who has a lot of confidence, belief in themselves, preparation, and then uh, an offensive line coach who played in the NFL that I think has helped him. I mean, you just have all the makings of a superstar and think what it's worth to have a superstar wide receiver and a superstar left tackle who are on rookie contracts. Those are two positions that are 20 to $25 million what they're yep. worth. And Justin Jefferson and Christian Derrissaw's cap hit total about $6 million. All right, so let me. I got. I got. I got like two more questions I want to ask you. I know that I'm running over in this segment, but I want to ask him, and then we'll just have a shorter segment next segment. I don't care. Um, but how do you view this matchup versus the Cowboys and us facing the Cowboys with Dak this year, as opposed to recently against uh, Cooper Rush when when they won um, a year ago? But but your thoughts on this specific matchup? Yeah, I view it as extremely even. It is very close, and I've seen me people too. upset. People upset that uh, you know Dallas is ever so slightly favored. It's like, well, look at Dallas's point differential. Like they did that with a backup quarterback, but also they're not perfect. And talk about a team that's kind of haunted by the end of last year. I mean, they won 12 games and were one of the top offenses in the league, and then just completely no showed in the playoffs and ended that game in the most embarrassing fashion possible. Right, with running out the clock on themselves. And so I think that they are facing a ton of pressure. And you even saw it a little bit last week where they're up by 14 on Green Bay. It looks like they're just going to roll, and then they start to get anxious. I kind of believe in that, like how recent history impacts the mentality of a team. So they're, I think they're coming in pretty desperate, I mean, because they've lost a couple of games against good teams on the road. But when you go position by position, they've got some extreme strengths, just like the Vikings do, and some extreme weaknesses. Their wide receiver depth, very, very weak there. Their secondary is pretty questionable, and here comes Justin Jefferson. But my gosh, is their defensive line just an absolute monster. And if Christian Derrissaw does not play, which right now trending in a good direction with him being limited in practice, Mm -hmm. but if he doesn't, and it's Blake Brandle playing left tackle against Micah Parsons, I mean, they're going to have to have answers for that. Um, But, you know, they're – they're a team that has a ton of talent, a lot of stars, but also weaknesses, and I think it's kind of that's the exact way I would describe the Vikings. Yeah. So who you got winning? I don't know. Isn't it though? Like this is one of the hardest it is hard. of the year. I think. I really think it is. Um, you know what? Uh, I, I'll go with the Vikings because of the home field advantage, but Dallas has also beat them three times in a row at U.S. Bank Stadium. So. This is a hard one. I would put it, and I bet it'll get there by Sunday. I, I would have it as a pick I hear you, man. Hey, great stuff as always, Matthew. I appreciate the time, my man. Yep, sure thing. Thanks for having me. All right, take care. That's Matthew Collar joining us here on The Late Show. All right, let's take a break. I, I got one other Vikings thing I want to get to. Uh, we can we can do Word on the Street tomorrow night. It, it doesn't matter. We're going to be here tomorrow night, too. We've got a full show. Uh, but let me get to something that, that we were just discussing with regards to the Vikings. We'll get to it next year on The Late Show. Classic Fuji's. But I tell you, when I think of Christian Derrissaw, I love everything about this kid. He is awesome, man. Christian Derrissaw is so awesome. He um he's dominating right now. 
He's one of the best offensive linemen in the National Football League. And <laughs> what are you going to do with him? He, he, he's just some, he's just a, it's not because he's the biggest. There's bigger guys in him. It's his mentality. He's aggressive. He's super athletic. Christian Darasol is a monster. And the world is finding it out. Like, we heard the stuff in the preseason about wanting to be the next Trent Williams and all that stuff, whatever. Hey, man, he's living up to the damn hype. Christian Darasol is all of that in a bag of chips. L- let me say this. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying this lightly because I speak about and I praise this person because I truly was a fan, not just of him on the field, but off the field, because he literally would come to my mom's school and 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 do stuff with the kids. When my mother was a principal at Franklin Middles, he would come to my mom's school and spend time. When I think of Christian Darisaw, I think of Corey Stringer, man. Wow, that's that's high praise. I'm I'm dead serious, man. Like 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 he like Corey had Corey was the nicest guy. Mm-hmm. You know, just really chill, laid back personality, but he had a mean streak on the football field. Yeah, seriously, he had a mean streak. Christian Darisaw, when you see him, he's got always got a smile on his face. I see him at Wolves games. I see him at Twins games. Man, that dude. Hey, he's about it. <laughs> and, and that's that's really what you want. And, I mean, when you go back and you look at that 2021 NFL draft, like, I, I remember that, you know, the talk was about Rashawn Slater. Like, that was the guy that I know that the Viking fans, like, got to have Rashawn Everybody Slater. Everybody was in love with Slater. Yeah, yep. and, and, I mean, when the Chargers got him at 13, you're like, we got sniped. Oh, God, yes. And then it's like, okay. <laughs> and and then, the, and, and then the attention turned to, okay, well, maybe we can go up, you know, we can move up and – you know, because Justin Fields was off the off the board at that time. So you're like, okay, we got to get this quarterback. Got to get that. I mean, he slipped all the way down to 21. And, I mean, you look at some of the other off. I mean, you have Penel Sewell, who I think is still everybody playing. Everybody was in love with everybody him. Everybody yep. was in love and with him. And he's been good. Yeah, but I really felt like Vikings fans, like, well, we didn't get Slater, but, you know, we got Derisaw, and that's the next best thing. Well, Derisaw... I don't think Viking fans should be upset at all that you got Derisaw. Like you've, I don't Derisaw's know. has been the best offensive lineman in the league. Yeah, I, I don't. This year. I don't know the last time that I've been comfortable with a young left tackle and be like, okay, this is a position you can solidify because they've had several different guys that have gone through. I mean, Matt Khalil was a Pro Bowler's rookie year, but then he turned into it, the human. He fell off like yeah, that. Tur- yeah, it turned into the human turnstile. So. I mean, you know, and, and then he, you know, said bad things and then he was in Carolina and then, you know, off he went. But maybe Christian Derrissaw is that guy we've been looking for for years. Like Matthew said, you got he and Justin Jefferson. I don't want to think about when you got to pay the piper, but right now let's just enjoy it. Oh, yeah, I mean, you're, you're getting your money's worth now. <laughs> now yeah. So you'll pay for it in the next couple years. Yeah, I, I feel like yeah. all of I have sudden, no problem with that. When a guy outperforms his contract yes. in his second season, I'm good with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you think it's like all of a sudden, talk about, well, coming into the season, the Vikings, they didn't have this window. You look at it that way and you're like, all of a sudden, that window is now because you got these two guys that. 
I mean, Justin Jefferson, you give that dude a blank check. And you say, whatever you want, we're going to give it to you. And then What I've been telling people all year long, what have I been telling people all year long? I said this before anybody else said it. Yeah. What, what did I say back at the end of last year? What did I say? Justin Jefferson's going to get paid? I didn't say that he's going to get paid. Okay. He's going to get the biggest contract in the history of, the, of, of wideouts in the National Football League. Oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. No doubt. There's Jefferson's no doubt. Gonna break Tyreek, I'm sorry. Yeah. Stephon Diggs, I'm sorry. This dude's about to make it. Who is who does have the biggest contract in the NFL right now, wide receiver-wise? Uh, it could be Tyreek Hill. Could be. I can't remember. Right off the top of my head. But, man, I'm just telling you, man, he is going to make it tsunami. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, well, maybe Cooper Cup. I'm not sure. Uh, I know they redid his money. Yeah, it's uh, Tyreek Hill at 30 mil. Okay. Devontae Adams, 28. Uh, Hopkins, Cooper Cup, A.J. Brown. Nice. So, yeah, I, I mean, 30 mil for Justin Jefferson. What was the uh, the old thing worth every penny? I think you just, you know, you I, I don't done. know, six-year, six 200 mil, you know. You get there. it done. Yeah. You get it done. All right, coming up next, we'll take another and final look at the local weather. And this goes for all politicians. You said you were going to do something for the people. I expect you to do it. And don't pivot. I'll explain next on The Lake Show. Hey, Sade. What's up, boo? Sweetest taboo. Oh, Sade, man, puts me in a good place. See, you like that? Oh, what? I got a whole bunch of... Sade in here. If you got a problem with Sade, I got a problem with you. Mm. Seriously. But let me tell you, regardless of what your political affiliation is, whether you view yourself as um, a Democrat, a Republican, a liberal, whatever, right? Please... Do us all a favor. Stick to what you campaigned on. Stick to taking care of us, the people of the United States of America. And I know that the Democrats are going to hang on to the Senate. And yes, we see that the House went back to the Republicans. We get that. At the end of the day, it's about taking care of us. I'm not viewing this as Vikings, Cowboys, Bloodsworth, Crips. I don't care about any of that. One side, other side, this is the United States of America. Let's take care of each other. And what you have promised the people that you would address and take care of, let's do that. That impacts our lives. And I'm disappointed Already, but not shocked at the Republican Party. They campaigned on inflation. They campaigned on the economy. They campaigned on crime. And now today, in addressing the media, it's all about Hunter Biden's laptop. It's all about Hunter Biden's laptop. I've said this. Not just once, not just twice. Not I've said this numerous times. 
if Hunter Biden has done anything criminally wrong and needs to be held accountable, have at it. That's with anyone, okay? That's with anyone. But do I think for one second that this Hunter Biden nonsense is affecting me as an American citizen? Like, seriously. If, if he had some shady dealings, then, then let that be dealt with. But my gosh, man, let's deal with this. You say inflation, you say economy, you say crime, you say all this stuff. And now when you get in front of the national media, the, the main thing and the only thing you want to talk about is Hunter Biden's laptop. It, it's it's you're trolling the American people. You are talking about literally we're going to investigate everyone that has opposed us. And we are not going to do the business of the people. We're not going to do what the people have elected us to do. And this whole thing is is worrisome. Not because Henry Lake's getting money from Hunter Biden, because I don't never met the Bidens. Do I know Hunter Biden or know Joe Biden? Or like I said before, you guys know this if you listened to the show the last couple of years. Joe Biden wasn't in my top mm-hmm. two candidates on the Democratic side. When he ran for president. But at the end of the day, all this stuff about we're going to impeach Joe Biden. What are you impeaching somebody for? Like, don't I hate when people just throw stuff up against the wall and say, we're going to do this. We're going to do that just because we are we're mad and we're upset. Like, stop wasting American people's time. What stuff? Yeah, I mean, that that's that's exactly that's exactly it. And to me, this is revenge, right, for. The the uh, impeachment of Donald Trump for all of the investigations going into Donald Trump. It's like Joe Biden and Donald Trump are not the same people. They have not. Comm- We're talking about legitimate investigations. Right. And, and this. See, this whenever is- you ask when you whenever you ask anybody, what are you impeaching mm-hmm. Joe Biden for? Nobody can say anything. They just they feel like because Donald Trump was impeached twice. That well, we have to impeach Joe Biden. There's no like there's What's no the what? there, there's nothing factual behind that. To me, this is nothing more than revenge. This is bitterness. Like this is anger. As a matter of fact, there were a, a couple people that wanted to they wanted to talk about inflation today. They got brushed away. They're like, I don't want to talk about that. We feel like this Hunter Biden thing. Who, by the way, is a private citizen? They're like, we feel like this is pretty important. Okay, so why are you telling people about the border, about crime, yep. about inflation? And the first thing you do, it's like, we're just going to investigate Hunter Biden. It's like, we could see this coming a yes. mile away. Yeah. All you want to do is hogtie this it's administration. This is stupid. It's, it's a waste of time. It's a waste of money. It's a waste of resources. For what? American people have said they want lower gas prices and stuff like that. They don't care about Hunter Biden's laptop. Like, like th- this this thing about him. I'm not encouraging Hunter Biden to run out and get prostitutes or, mm-hmm. or 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 you know get 
drunken. And we're not saying he's an angel because no, 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 he's no, not. No, no, he, I mean, no, he's no, not no, at all. No, 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 no. So from the some of the stuff that I've seen, I'm like, hey, bro, you might want to clean your act. He's up. dirty. <laughs> you might want to clean your act. Yeah, up. he's he's he, he's dirty. This is not the time nor the place to do it. It's. I, I feel like there's such a resentment because people, the radical left, the radical Dems, have you know gone out and and, and you know they, they had all this dirt on Donald Trump and well, they did all of these bad things to paint you know the right in the the same in, in, in the in the wrong light. The same the same way that I haven't cared about Hunter Biden, mm-hmm. I haven't cared about Eric and Don Jr. No, and I I just. I'm sorry, man. Y'all can sit here and say, I I just don't care that much. I don't care about Don Jr. I don't. No. I don't care about Eric. At the end of the day, they don't matter to the office. Yes. It's the office. Anything else is just noise. And and I know that Ivanka is is more closely tied to stuff because Mm -hmm. she was around policy and clearly her husband got $2 billion from From the Saudis. But I I just – I'm sorry. Like – if people want to make fun of of Hunter Biden um, uh, hanging out with prostitutes, if people want to make fun of Don Jr. because everybody, you, what's the running joke? They just always coked out, and I don't care about Don Jr. if he's if he's coked out. I don't. I honestly, I don't. He loves a snowblower. I I don't even know that the, if that's true or not. I'm just yeah. saying, but I'm saying yeah, I don't I don't care. Right, because at the end of the day. Yeah, it, it it shouldn't like use our federal resources in that time and that platform to do what you said you were going to do. And I, I know that there's a part of that base who's just so frothing at the mouth for any sort of revenge. Like, I don't care if there's any fact to it. There's got to be revenge. We've got to own the libs. We got to do something right. What you did to our guy, we've got to do to you. Yeah, I and we've got to do it 10 times worse. It's like. I don't get it. No, it's it's a complete. I mean, I get why they're doing it, but it just it's it, you're not helping the country. And it's it's right out of the gate too. So it's like, so now we got what? If next- Hunter Biden's laptop is of significance to national security, then I'm all for then it. Then let's talk. <laughs> then let's talk. I mean, if he's just got like some weird porn or something on there, fine. Porn up. You do you. Just clean out your browser history. <laughs> Oh, man. All right, coming up next, we got headlines, and then we're done on The Lake Show. All right, let's do it. Let's dive into headlines, and then we're done. Here on the Thursday night, we got one more night in the week, and we're here. We're back at it tomorrow, full show. All right, let's do it. H. Lake, outgoing State Health Commissioner Jan Malcolm is reflecting on her time and her position, including the pandemic strikes and vaccine rollouts prior to her announced retirement. Now, she talked with Adam and Jor today, sharing that navigating through the pandemic was tough, especially with the contradictory statements between health officials and some politicians. Now, while the world watched, she said that some political message started the nation out on the wrong foot, leaving many wondering why things weren't done after two weeks. Biggest challenge, she said she faced was how quickly everything continued to change. Yeah, I thought she did a good job. I really did. I, I had no issue with with situation. It's a tough situation. Yeah. We've never been a part of a pandemic before. So, you know, when you're in a leadership position, are you going to get a hundred percent of the decisions that you make correct? No. I look. She did it with class. She did it with grace, and she tried her best. That's what I believe. And it was unprecedented, right? Like yeah. there, there was no playbook. You couldn't go back and you know reference such and such a time. I mean, like, we we heard from people nationally 
And the biggest of offices saying that it was going to just in thin air, it's going to be gone. Yeah. One day. You got to go against that type of stuff. Yeah. I mean, bleach or warm weather. I mean, ivermectin. I mean, those I I heard all uh, didn't work. Hey, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said earlier today that she will not seek a leadership position in the new Congress, a pivotal realignment making way for a new generation of leaders after Democrats lost control of the House to the Republicans in the midterms. She announced in a spirited speech on the House floor that she's going to step aside after leading the Democrats for nearly 20 years and in the aftermath of the attack on her husband last month in their home. She rose to become the nation's first woman to yield the Speaker's gavel, said she'd remain in Congress as a representative from San Francisco, a position she's held for 35 years. Thank you, Nancy Pelosi, for your leadership, Mm -hmm. especially in the midst of an insurrection. Oh, she was badass. Like during that whole thing, I, I couldn't have done it. I couldn't have done it. Hey, one thing I never did is I never invested in crypto. Thankfully, I didn't because the restructuring official charged with overseeing FTX's bankruptcy proceedings said in a court filing he's never in his corporate career seen such a complete failure from corporate controls. Now, from compromised systems, integrity, faulty regulatory oversight abroad to the concentration of control in the hands of a very small group of inexperienced, unsophisticated, and potentially compromised individuals, this situation is unprecedented. Those are a lot of words, and all of them are bad. (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh i mean (sighs) that's i mean you don't want to i never got i never bought into the crypto stuff man i didn't either i never got into it and i'm glad that i didn't i'm dead serious i i'm sad that there are a lot of people that got sucked into it but i never i just i never understood it either no that was one of the big reasons yeah, I, I I didn't, and I mean, there were some athletes, they took signing bonuses in crypto, and I'm like, mm. Yeah, Brady got got. He was one of them. Oh, uh, it's a shame. Yeah. Uh, he, no, he'll, he's he's rich. He'll yeah, be fine. Yeah, things, well, it's nice to see things turning around for Tom Brady. He'll be fine. All right, uh, full show tomorrow night. We'll talk to you then, 6 o'clock until 9. It's the Lake Show, baby, on The Good Neighbor. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.